At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million dollars. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here tonight. It is a special edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Yeah, it's a Silver Linings edition because the Hornets did lose to Denver 117 to 112, but it's also a celebratory edition because the Hornets have earned themselves a play-in tournament spot. It was clinched last night with the Chicago Bulls loss. Hornets will play in the postseason for the first time since 2016. So we'll break down the loss. We'll talk about the Hornets' first postseason trip, as well as what we will be watching for tonight as Charlotte tries to push a little bit closer to the eighth seed. It's still very much in play right now for the Hornets. And with one home game left on the schedule, we'll talk about Fan Appreciation Week, as well as LaMelo Ball Appreciation Week, the campaign to make the Hornets rookie rookie of the year well underway. And one of the leaders of that campaign is the Hornets Senior Director of Digital Media, Matt Rachinsky, who joins us once again here on the HHC. Matt, we're glad to have you back. So do you want to start with the happy or should we break down this loss first? Uh, let's get the bad out of the way so we can talk good and end on a positive. We'll do that. Hornets fall 117-112. to 112. It wasn't all bad. Hornets out of the gates. Denver just walloped them. They were about a plus 21. They led by 21 at their largest lead. And it was really the starters for Denver just came out on fire. Michael Porter Jr., he was spectacular. One of the best shooting displays we've seen all season. He goes for 30 points. Nikola Jokic didn't shoot tremendously well, but he's so skilled with his footwork. He was able to get to his spots. The best spot for him all day was the foul line. He went 16 of 17 there. And really, you know, he was able to bully his way around. I think the way the game was being officiated, which we will talk about, they were allowing him to be very aggressive getting in position. And then 
the lightest touch earned him a spot at the line. Can't say that's not the way the game is officiated today, but the fact that it was officiated that way last night didn't help the Hornets. Well, he is an MVP candidate, and that is known. So, I mean, those guys, I mean, you've seen players of that caliber in the past, what they're able to get away with and as compared to some other players, and it happens in the NBA. But at the same point in time, you have to admire the Hornets' fight, regardless of anything. Before this game, Coach JB said he wanted this team to go into this game with a playoff-type mentality. He wanted to see that kind of aggressiveness. He wanted to see that kind of energy. He wanted to see all of it. And instead, we were down 21 in the middle of the first quarter. And you're sitting there going, wow, this is not exactly what Coach JB was looking for. And then enter Devontae Graham. And he kind of gave us that spark off the bench, really. And we're going to get to that, I know. But this team rebounded. This team was able to fight through that slow start, was able to shake that off. I know we continue to use the word adversity that this team has faced throughout the season. But at the same point in time, when you're down 21 on your home court and you're trying to clinch that spot in the play-in, you know that this is a team that wasn't about to fold, and they showed it as they kind of came back and really counterpunched against the Denver Nuggets there in the second quarter and kind of carried that through into the second half. They really did. And uh, again, even after falling behind by 21, when that first unit came out and the bench reserves came in for the Nuggets, Hornets dominated them. And for the rest of the game, even when Jokic was on the floor, Hornets played him even. So I thought we saw a lot of good there from Charlotte, but unfortunately not enough to get a W. They fall 117 to 112. Let's pass out our silver linings for this one. Matt, you can go first. Your silver lining for last night's loss to the Nuggets. I mean, I've got to go with Devontae Graham coming off, you know, off the injury, having missed the last four games, wondering how the guy was going to look. He checks in in that first quarter, and we are down by 20 when he checks in. And, and, you know, Devontae scored seven points at the end of the first quarter to kind of get going. You saw him hit a three. You saw him take to the rack. And then, you know, he had that little spinning drive that got followed, and and he threw up a prayer. It didn't go in, but he hit the two free throws. So it was nice to see Devontae come back early on, make that effort and make that impact that he could off the bench. And then to see what he did in the fourth quarter, I mean, just tremendous numbers for Devontae in the fourth. He tried to will this team to a victory when it looked like there was going to be no chance at it. And he put this team on his back with 19 points in fourth quarter. Absolutely amazing, hitting five threes as well. So this is a guy who didn't show that rust after a layoff, and we're going to need him down down the stretch here in these next three games as we get ready for that plan. Rivers rises up, shot blocked by P.J. Washington. Zeller recovers, gives to LaMelo. LaMelo ball, drops it between the legs for Graham for three. Yes, sir! Devontae Graham on fire. The Hive alive. Hornets down one. Hornets did such a great job to fight back in that sequence. Everyone's fingerprints on the basketball to make it possible. Great pass by LaMelo, great block by P.J., and a great shot for Devontae Graham. Unfortunately for the Hornets, he was kind of alone with the outside shooting last night, Matt. The rest of the team, not named Devontae Graham, only shot 16% from three. And while I thought they played with the appropriate energy to give themselves a shot at a win, it's a make-miss league, as they like to say, and the Hornets just didn't make enough. But Devontae Graham certainly did season high 31 season high for the entire Hornets team with five made threes in the fourth quarter that's the most made threes in a single quarter by a Hornet this season some silver linings for my silver lining one would be P.J. Washington who was probably the main culprit for not shooting well but I thought did display a lot of good energy out there 
13 points, 11 rebounds, another double-double for him, his 10th of the season. Thought Terry Rogier was strong, again, scoring the basketball, 21 points. He's now averaging over 30 a game over his last three contests. But really, I got to give it to Cody Zeller because as great as Michael Porter Jr. played, a plus 23 out there on the floor, 30 points, deadly shooter. He was tied for best in the plus-minus category, and he was tied with Cody Zeller. Zeller came out. He posted uh, just a, a great stat line, 15 points, 10 rebounds, played really good defense against Nikola Jokic, made him work, made him shoot more from the field than from the free throw line, which is key. And after the game, drew this praise from head coach James Borrego. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, he's been playing so hard. Even going back to last game, I thought his his effort has been extreme right now. And he's given us every ounce of energy and physicality he has. I mean, to battle Jokic out down there, to do what he did for us offensively, he's playing extremely hard. And he deserves a ton of credit. I mean, this guy's a warrior. He's a battler. I thought he had a major impact on tonight. So we got to follow that lead. You know, the way he's fighting, the way he's competing, all of us have to line up with that. So, you know, really proud of his effort and his leadership right now. Matt, I find myself chuckling whenever I see on social media or different uh, podcasts or whatnot, you know, people will, will just kind of ride the roller coaster with the centers. You know, one week, oh, we love Biz. The next week, why why is Biz even in the NBA? One week, we love Cody Zeller. The next week, we could put, you know, Matt Rachinsky in the game and it would be better. I mean, it's just funny. I think, you know, the, the consistency, this team does not have – a Nikola Jokic that's just pencil him in at center and let him go out there. But every center has their strengths, and every center has stepped up and had big games or big runs of games or weeks or months. And right now we're in one from Cody Zeller, and it's fun to watch him ride it because he is a very talented scorer there in the post, and he at least makes the defense work to make their shots when he's on his game, and I thought he was last night. Yeah, and I'll tell you one thing that I can say without certainty that I've said on any of your podcasts so far, Sam. But I guarantee if you put Matt Rochinski in the game, he would not do better than any center or any player or any other person you could put in the game at that point in time. <laughs> I think, I think though, but with Cody, it's been, you're right, it's been a pleasure to watch. It's been fun to see what he's able to do and, and the intensity that he's bringing to each game. But it's also excitement. You know, after the game, this guy talked about he loves playing against Jokic. There's not a lot of guys who say, I can't wait to play against the MVP candidate and see what I can do. But he says he really challenge. He said he really challenges them for how he has to play the game because he can do so many different things. And I've been saying for years, the thing that I love about Cody Zeller out on the floor is just the way that he kind of gets under players' skin. There's a way he does it. He doesn't do it dirty. He's not a horrible player out there and doing things that are going to drive people crazy, but he does enough just to make guys work a little harder, maybe scratch a little harder to try and grab a rebound or free up a little extra space to get an open shot off. Cody's going to be up in your face, and you're right. He's playing one of his best stretches of the season right now. And Coach JB said it. He's waiting for this team to kind of hit that next level as they kind of enter into this playoffs. And now the play-in, this team is going to have to find another gear. They're going to have to find another level. And Cody's doing that already. And to Coach JB's credit, he's just waiting for the other rest of the team to follow suit as well. Zeller setting the tone in that regard. Four of his last five games he has scored in double figures. Hornets fall 117 to 112. Not all a bad night, though, because there was some celebrating, not in the locker room, certainly from other members of the Hornets front office as uh, Charlotte is going to the postseason. We're going to talk about that next here on the Hornets Hopcast. 
Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Join us Thursday for Fan Appreciation Night at the Hive as the Hornets wrap their home schedule against the Los Angeles Clippers. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. Here's a steal. Rozier picks off the pass, goes up and throws it down with a right hand. Terry Rozier, gotta get framed. Terry Rozier comes through with another strong offensive performance, another 20-point performance for Charlotte. He goes for 21. Not enough for Buzz City to get the victory last night, 117-112, to 112, the final score against the Denver Nuggets. But... Thanks to all the hard work by Terry and the rest of the Hornets all throughout the season, they were able to be the benefactors of another game in the NBA. The Chicago Bulls were hosting the Brooklyn Nets, and despite a spirited effort and a really solid overall game from Zach Levine, who scored 41, Brooklyn won 115-107, to which means the magic number for the Hornets to make the postseason period, the play-in tournament, is Zero. The Hornets are in. They will be in the postseason for the first time since 2016. Matt Rachinsky, Senior Director of Digital Media, here with me, Sam Farber, on this edition of the HHC. And Matt, I've seen it said as the Hornets back into a postseason spot. I don't like that term because it doesn't give respect to all the work that was done up until this point. Charlotte was not gifted anything because the Bulls lost. They earned it because they won 33 times this season on a year that most experts at their highest said this team might win 24-25 games. They've already exceeded the national expectations set early in the season, and now, thanks to their hard work, they are given what they have earned, a spot in the postseason. Yeah, I I think that they deserve to stand up, be proud, hold their heads high, I know that coach said after the game that no one's going to be celebrating if we just clinch a postseason or a play-in spot for the postseason there. But this team still deserves to hold their heads high because of it. Because without their work, without facing the adversity that they've faced all season long, being able to step up and not back down the same way they did in last night's game. They got down by 21. This team has been down multiple times in spots this year where they thought they weren't going to be able to bounce back or those prognosticators thought we weren't going to be able to bounce back. And it started right off the jump. You're right, at the beginning of the season, when you look at places like NBA.com and Sekou Smith, these are respected writers saying we're going to win 28 games. John Hollinger with The Athletic, 21. Bleacher Report said 25. And this is a team that's now making the playoffs. No one had us pegged for a playoff team this year. Or at this point in time, sorry, I don't want to put you know the cart in front of the horse there. We want to get to the playoffs, but no one even had us pegged as a top 10 team that would be in the play, play-in tournament as we headed into the playoffs. So these guys deserve to be proud. Coach JB deserves to be extremely proud of the job that he has done coaching this squad and facing the adversity that he's had that face. And obviously what's been an unprecedented season throughout the NBA. Yeah, hopefully either at at practice today or after a win later on, at some point the team will celebrate because, again, it's something that they have earned and they really have done just a tremendous job so far this season dealing with all the adversity. I mean, you know, when Gordon Hayward was hurt, this was a team in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference, well above 500, and since that injury, the team has been well below 500. They've had other additional injuries on top of it. 
to LaMelo Ball. Miles Bridges is out right now for health and safety protocols. Devontae Graham's been out. We've seen Terry Rozier miss games. P.J. Washington has missed games. This team has been through an awful lot in terms of absorbing these injuries and still staying in the fight. And after last night's game, I find myself being more encouraged that especially if they can get the eight seed, things are looking really good for the Hornets. I think Charlotte versus any combination of Boston, Indiana, Washington, if you have to win one out of two, I like the Hornets in that, provided they can get a little healthier. Yeah, I like their chances as well. I think this if this team can get healthier, I think that is the key, as you stated. If Miles can get out of protocols, if Gordon can bounce back, if we're set up to, for success because of getting healthier, then we're going to have a much better chance at kind of taking these teams down. And I think that if we get healthy too, as you've seen this team build, even though you're right, we haven't won a couple of games here, you're seeing that confidence build. You saw that in these guys out on that court against the Nuggets, that they were facing one of the top teams in the Western Conference right now. They're battling for a top four spot in the West, and they were not going to back down despite getting down as badly as we did. So this is a team that's fighting And it's not a veteran team. This isn't a team that's got a lot of guys that are going to be the guy to go to who can say, hey, you've done this before. This is a young team that's doing this. I mean, right now we're the second youngest playing the second youngest roster in the NBA behind the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we're in this playoff hunt. Still a playoff hunt, we'll call it, because it is the plan. But this is so valuable to these players as we go down the line and we look at where this Hornets team is going to head with the team that's been built, with what Mitch Kupchak has done and the way that Coach Borrego is kind of shaping and molding these guys, this is just the start for us. So that's why I say, yes, I think we're allowed to celebrate a little bit being in the plan because we're ahead of schedule, we're playing better, and hopefully getting healthier and going to make some noise. And with health, again, I think uh, noise is certainly going to be heard from the Hornets. The loss, they fall to 33-36, and 36, but again with the Bulls' loss yesterday as well. Charlotte is assured of a spot in the play-in tournament. Whether or not it'll be the eighth seed, that remains to be seen because the Hornets got some help, not all help, from the results from yesterday. The Indiana Pacers beat the Philadelphia 76ers, a brilliant second-half defensive display by the Pacers. They held Philadelphia to 32 second-half points and ended up winning 103-94. Demonis Sabonis, a triple-double, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists in the win. So with that, the Pacers are now even with the Hornets in the standings, both teams with records of 33 and 36, but Charlotte does hold the tiebreaker, and they hold the three-way tiebreaker, I believe, if it were a three-way tie between themselves, the Pacers, and the Wizards. Devontae Graham, after last night's game, talking uh, like his head coach about uh, whether or not they would be celebrating, but also about the fact that they do control their own destiny. I mean, we, we got to figure out ways to close games, you know, and, you know, find, find the little things and, you know, just play better overall. So, I mean, we don't want to put our, our destiny in nobody else's hands. You know, we want to control our, our future. So well, that, I, don't, I, you know, I don't like to think like that. So I want to control, control what we can control, not, not worry about other people. 
Matt, I like that Devontae looks at it that way, but let's be honest, we all look at the scoreboard. We're all scoreboard watching. That's, that's just it's a part of what we do as fans, as followers of the team. So uh, scoreboard watching tonight, there is one game on the calendar that we should be keeping our eye on, and that is the rematch of the Washington Wizards at the Atlanta Hawks. Last time out the other day, it was a great game. It was a, a record-setting one as Russell Westbrook surpassed Oscar Robertson for most career triple-doubles with 28 points, 13 boards, and 21 assists. But Atlanta still won the game 125 to 124 on the back of Trey Young going for 36 points. We'll certainly be watching this one. It would very much be helpful for the Hornets if the Hawks could duplicate that winning result. Yeah, no doubt, because this Washington team right now, this is this is a hot team. You know, they're playing out of their minds right now behind Russell Westbrook, as you mentioned, who's got that record. He's just playing at a completely different level now. And for, in order for Washington to make the jump that they've had, they've had to completely turn the gate ball over to him and let him kind of take over games. We know he's done it before in places that he's been before, but the level that he's playing at right now and how he's carrying that team and how he's throwing that whole team on his back, it's impressive to watch. It's fun to watch. I, I, can't, I can't deny that I've I'd like to turn on some games and see what he's been doing because he's playing at such an incredible pace right now. So, yes, hopefully the Hawks take care of business, can help us out a lot because these three games that we have left, there's a lot riding here. Whether or not you're going to be playing at home in the play-in game, who you're going to be playing, how many games you're going to have to play. This is all still up for grabs as we kind of go into this last set of games. And for those people who want to knock play-in, I know everybody has their own feeling on it, but I'll tell you what, it's made this exciting for sure. At the end of the season, you're seeing a lot of teams who are still in the hunt and playing in in games that are meaningful. If Atlanta is able to get another W tonight against Washington, it takes, for lack of a better term, the Wizards' tragic number compared to the Hornets to one, meaning Charlotte needs just to win one game or the Wizards would need to lose just one more, and that would ensure the Hornets would stay ahead of them. In terms of Indiana, their remaining schedule looks like this. They're going to play at home against Milwaukee, a motivated team who's got a chance at the two seed still. They're going to play the Los Angeles Lakers, a motivated team that's got a chance to avoid the play-in tournament. You know they're going to come out fighting for that. And then they're going to wrap the season at Toronto. Tragic number for the Pacers, slash the magic number for the Hornets, is three, meaning the Hornets wins and the Pacers losses. You total those numbers together, if it equals three, Charlotte will get the eighth seed. There's definitely two games for the Pacers that I don't think they'll be favored in against Milwaukee and against the Lakers, even though they will be at home. Those are two tough games, but the Hornets are going to have to win again for this thing to go their way, and that is going to start on Fan Appreciation Night. We're going to talk about Fan Appreciation Week with one of the architects of the plans, Senior Director of Digital Media, Matt Ruchinski, right back with us after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and Matt Ruchinski, the Hornets Senior Director of Digital Media, here with us on the HHC. And Matt, it is Fan Appreciation Week. We are in the midst of it, and it will also be Fan Appreciation Night tomorrow when the Hornets wrap up the home schedule against the Los Angeles Clippers. But it is far from the only thing going on in terms of how we will show our appreciation for our fantastic fans who have been with the Hornets all throughout the season. Tell us about some of the things going on this week and how maybe fans can apply themselves, emphasis on app, for some of the great giveaways that are going on this week. (laughs) 
I see what you did there. You gotta love these dad jokes and they get thrown in there, which I've been told dad jokes are cool again, so I'm in good shape. Right They're coming now. back. They're coming back. Yeah, yeah, so we're in great shape. Here we go, Sam. But no, it, it's gonna be tremendous. And it's been a great week so far, too. You know, we wanna thank our fans for everything that they've shown their support to us all season. We know that it's been a tough season. We know you weren't there at the beginning, couldn't be there, and the building opened back up again and we welcomed you in with open arms and we were thrilled at the support that we've seen from our fans so far. And the excitement as we're all watching this playoff hunt and as i'm saying playoff hunt that also refers to the app that you were talking about sam and that the buzz city playoff hunt virtual challenge it's like our scavenger hunt that's been going on all week long there's been some great prizes that you can win just hop on the app you'll see the push notifications make sure you sign up for push notifications so we can tell you what the scavenger hunt is of the day great things going on we've had some fans win signed jerseys already there's other merch that's going to be available signed basketballs but it's not just that there's also if you want and don't want to take the chance and want to bid on something yourself there's a csr sale in our community relations department going on that has signed autographed basketballs from lamello ball from gordon hayward there's all kinds of stuff that you can hop on make sure you look on the app look on hornets.com you can find all these things it's just great giveaways that are going on as well as all of these things that are happening with the scavenger hunt and the fan shop and in addition to all of the fan appreciation week initiatives going on the other big campaign is the lamello ball for rookie of the year campaign he did not have a great shooting day yesterday against denver but I thought he did play well overall in terms of you know leading the team, in terms of pace, fighting for every rebound. He ends up with 12 boards, 12 rebounds for the Rookie of the Year candidate, and he had seven assists. Did have five turnovers, but uh, overall another really strong game as the team continues to push him for Rookie of the Year. He was the main focal point of Real Axis as well. Tell me about what you're hearing, the feedback on the Real Axis episodes, which are all fantastic. I'm sure it's all positive there. But as well as the LaMelo Ball Rookie of the Year campaign, how it's going from inside the NBA front offices. I mean, Real Access, first of all, absolutely tremendous job by our staff to put that together this year. For fans out there, if you haven't had an opportunity to go out and check out one of those episodes on Hornets.com, you can find them on the app as well. Just absolutely amazing work that's being done by Cornell Jones, Maggie Yang. Those are just a couple of the names of the people that are kind of spearheading it. But right now, an overall team effort. They're doing great great work there. And they're really showcasing that behind the scenes that we wanted to bring to our fans. We've been hoping to bring it to them for years now. Had really got the opportunity this year with the bubble starting early. And they have just kind of carried that through. And if you watch these episodes, you really get a real sense of what happens behind the scenes. How does this team grow together? How do they associate with their coaches? How do they associate with guys like Mitch Kupchak, the general manager? And seeing all these things happen, it's been great. And this one was focused on LaMelo and his recovery from the wrist injury, his working his way back, and getting back into rookie of the year contention. Because everyone said when he got hurt that he still could potentially win the award without ever coming back this season. Thankfully for all Hornets fans out there, we know that he's returned and he's looked tremendous so far in his return. There's still that rust. There's still going to be those turnovers. There's still going to be things that happen. But overall, the Mellows come back looking strong. We're supporting him on LamelloROY.com. If you want to kind of check that out, fans, please do so. Great stuff from all over it. And we're seeing it online. We're seeing it on social media. The buzz has been great. 
for lack of a better term. We know we like to use that word around here, but it's been absolutely tremendous. And fans support LaMelo. We support LaMelo. Now let's go get him that trophy. It would be a huge win, I think, for the overall organization just as a whole to see that happen. The other main candidate, of course, is Anthony Edwards. He had a pretty strong night last night with 22 points in a rare Timberwolves win over the downtrodden Detroit Pistons, albeit, but uh, they, they still got the W. I have thought that the main sticking point for LaMelo winning it might end up being if Edwards pushes his points per game so far and above what LaMelo is able to, to make up in his last few contests that that might make it difficult. But he's within three points per game and just his impact on winning. I mean, I think it's obvious anyone who watches them play, LaMelo Ball should be rookie of the year. But I don't know if I count on the voters to watch every game for the Hornets and the Timberwolves as closely as we do. So that that has been my main fear. But I think with just the body of work LaMelo has put forth and the more that I hear, it sounds more and more like things are tilting in LaMelo's direction. Well, I would say, you know, we live in a, a social age, Sam. There's no doubt about that. So even if voters aren't able to watch entire Hornets games, if they're not able to catch on, then, then they had to have been sleeping through most of the season if they haven't seen anything on social media that's highlighting and showcasing the things that LaMelo Ball can do. And it's not just scoring. This is not to discredit Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be a tremendous basketball player in this league. I think he's definitely in contention and has, has the right to be up there as one of the top rookies. But at the same point, to your point, not all impacting winning, but impacting the game in so many different ways that we see from LaMelo not only just scoring the basketball, not only throwing the underhanded lob full court, but also being there and making the big defensive plays. He's stepped up in every single aspect. He's taken on his critics and shown that he can play everywhere around the around the rim on both sides of the ball. So I think that that's what kind of sets him off head and shoulders above everyone else for me is just because he's able to do so much, impact the game in so many different ways, and really has changed the game. And I was talking to my 17-year-old daughter last night, and I was just telling her, that the thing that I like about LaMelo is I think what Steph Curry did for shooting and kind of stepping outside the arc three or four feet, you're going to start seeing people trying to make these LaMelo ball passes throughout high school, college. I think it's going to just kind of get resonate with all of them the same way Steph Curry kind of changed the game for shooting. And, and that's what we're going to see with LaMelo. So he's a game changer. He's a difference maker. And I think he's going to be rookie of the year. I would say good luck to any uh, kids trying to do that. I mean, I, I watched LaMelo when he was 14 and – yeah, the the way they ran their offense, it was unique. But, you know, the more you watch LaMelo, like, yes, there has been a lot of muscle memory learned from always being encouraged to push the tempo, take chances, make those kind of full-court baseball passes when they arise. But he's also got that incredible skill to be able to do it, to tell someone, hey, you know, try and do what LaMelo does or try and learn that is like saying, hey, I just saw Martins Leitzies lift 1,000 pounds, the world's strongest man. Why don't you go try and lift that Mack truck? It's, you know, certain people are blessed with a certain set of skills, and just because you start doing something when you're four doesn't mean you're going to be able to do what LaMelo Ball can do ever in his life. But again, LaMelo Ball, exceptional. Check out the website. Give the give the address again for fans who want to see the, the full impact campaign website for LaMelo for ROI. LaMelo ROI. 
LamelloFi.com. That's what we want. And use hashtag LamelloFi on social. That's what we're using. Love it. And check out the latest edition, uh, latest episode of Real Access. It really is a spectacular piece, mostly focused on LaMelo and the comeback he's made, the plays he continues to make. He's special. He's impacted winning. And while it was a Silver Linings edition of the Hornets Hivecast, it's one of celebration as well because the Hornets are going to the postseason for the first time since 2016. Your work here got extended, Matt Ratinsky. More work for you. Well, I'll tell you what. One last thing that I needed to put out there for everyone to know is just the fact that in our next game against the Clippers on the 13th, we're giving away our first NFT. Well, we're selling our first NFT. We're very excited about that. It's a non-fungible token. You've seen those in NBA Top Shot. We're working with the same companies. Great things are happening on the digital side for us right now. So make sure you're at the Clippers game. If you can get here, we're offering up 88 NFTs that are going to be given out in-game. We're not going to reveal exactly what they are yet, but we want to see fans in the stands and getting their chance to own a little piece of history. Absolutely love it. And tickets are available. Go to Hornets.com for all the latest there. Matt Ruchinski, thanks for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hey, thanks as always, Sam. Look forward to seeing you hopefully in the playoffs. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. And again, thanks to all of you for tuning in today as well. A reminder, tomorrow we'll have our preview podcast for that game against the Clippers. We're going to go in-depth about the NFT giveaway. So if you wake up early tomorrow morning and want to tune into the podcast and hear more about that, we will have more information on it for you, as well as a conversation with one of our favorites here on the Hornet Hivecast, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. We're going to talk LaMelo for Rookie of the Year, and we're going to talk about this Hornets stretch run, including tomorrow's game against the Clippers. So hope you'll join us for that edition of the HHC. Till next time, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the Hornets Hivecast and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.